I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And there is a lot of it. Uh, we've got things going on as we speak. Uh, the House. Uh, is having a hearing today on the economic response to coronavirus. Of course, President Trump is uh, just arriving at uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and uh, he's going to survey the protest damage. He's going to meet with law enforcement, and uh, we'll hit that in just a moment. Uh, but we've got some fascinating things coming up on the program today, so you want to stick with us throughout the hour. We'll have Scott Rasmussen joining us coming up here at 1120. He's going to talk about uh, by the numbers and how we collect data and how that can often skew what the results are. We'll apply that to some different things, including the coronavirus and how we're dealing with the pandemic. I uh, really want to make sure you stay with us at 1135. Uh, Mara Carabello from Exoro Group is going to join us. I always learn from uh, Mara. love to uh, do panels with her. She's got a fantastic take and perspective, and uh, we're going to get into a host of issues with her uh, as well. We're going to talk about the uh, power of work today, what that really means, and are we really passing that on to the next generation? Uh, but let's dive on into it. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we're talking about the president. He is heading uh, to Wisconsin. He's actually there now. I think they're just waiting for him to get off of uh, Air Force One and start that tour. And not without controversy, of course. And, uh, of course, this began yesterday, actually, when the uh, governor uh, of the state sent a letter to the White House requesting that the president not come uh, to visit the state and to make that tour uh, and uh president obviously uh, disregarding that and, and moving forward. So as he was getting ready to board Air Force One earlier today, uh, he stopped and uh, spoke with reporters, as he often does. And so let's get a little perspective in terms of what the president is thinking uh, going into this visit uh, in Wisconsin. I think a lot of people are looking at what's happening to these Democrat-run cities, and they're disgusted. They see what's going on. And they can't believe this is taking place in our country. I can't believe it either. One of the reasons I'm making the trip today and going to Wisconsin is we've had such a big success in shutting down what would be right now a city that would have been Kenosha, a city that would have been burnt to the ground by now. And it all stopped immediately upon the National Guard's arrival. So the president uh, touting uh, the National Guard uh, stepping in and helping quell some of the violence there in Wisconsin in response uh, uh, to the officer-involved shooting there. And uh, the, the president went one step further before he got on the plane this morning uh, and kind of getting into the poli politics of it all, which we were hoping he wouldn't, but uh, sense that he probably would. Here's what he had to say. If somebody else got in, namely my opponent, your stock markets, instead of being records right now, they will crash. Your 401ks will be down to nothing. Your stocks will be down to nothing. And we will have a depression like you've never seen before. All right. So we are into the politics part of it all. And, of course, uh, Joe Biden took to the microphone yesterday in Pittsburgh. Uh, not sure why he was there. 
but again, it was very political. Uh, it was very much the back and forth. And to me, the interesting thing is, is we have these moments. Obviously, we're having great unrest around the country and all kinds of, of challenges and difficulties. And in, in these kinds of moments, a, a president or an elected official can serve a very useful purpose, a very useful purpose, if, if it is a purposeful visit <laughs> and if they're, they're focused on the right things. Uh, as we mentioned, the Democratic governor, uh, Tony Evers, uh, wrote a letter saying, hey, don't come. That's going to hinder our healing. Uh, the governor went on to say, hey, this is going to be a distraction. This is going to take away vital resources from our law enforcement. And the interesting thing to me, the sad thing to me, really, is that even in tragedies here in America now, uh, they've all become high stakes political theater. And we know from yesterday that if the president had not gone to Wisconsin today, he would have been criticized as being uncaring or out of touch, uh, not clued into the the issues of unrest uh, in the area. Uh, he is going, so of course he's being accused of, of politicizing a tragedy, uh, and that moves on. And so personally, this is what I think. I think the president should go to Wisconsin. I think that's a good thing. I think he should meet privately with families. He should meet privately with law enforcement uh, and those that have been impacted by the violence and the unrest. And then the president should emerge from those conversations, not for photo ops, but to deliver very simple, very uniting messages for the community and for the country. He could signal something now that we're into September. Hard to believe that. Uh, but he could send the right signal as we move through Labor Day and as we really get into this fall campaign. Uh, but obviously he's he's chosen already even before doing some of these tours and having some of these meetings. He is weighing heavily into the, the politics of it all. Uh, and this isn't helpful. Uh, the, the, the issue to me, though, is really beyond the, the president. Uh, the issue to me is is a is a we the people issue. So we can we can debate what all the politicians do in these kind of settings, whether they should or shouldn't go, what they should or shouldn't say, you know, who they should meet with and who they shouldn't. But uh, I mentioned this on the program yesterday, and I just wanted to come back to it today because I I do think it is the important issue. To me, this is the the real. Therefore, what you know, we can we can debate what uh, Joe Biden says today. And the Democrats uh, in Congress and around the country, and we can debate what goes on uh, in the media today, the national media in particular. We can debate what the president has said and what he will continue to say as he goes through the day. But the most important question is not about any of those people. The question isn't about him. The question isn't about them. The question, the only questions that really matter are about we we the people, and me. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Uh, we posed these questions in our editorial this morning on Deseret.com. Uh, what will we the people do today on Tuesday? And here's the questions that all of us should be asking ourselves. So let's get it down to the me and the I level. Uh, what am I going to post on social media today? How am I going to react to negativity and divisive rhetoric? What am I going to do to engage in elevated conversation with my neighbor, my coworker, my boss, my good friend, family member? How am I going to listen to those who have opposing points of view today? What am I going to do to diffuse a, a volatile situation or a volatile conversation? 
who will I reach out to today to build a relationship of trust with or to repair a relationship that's been damaged? What will I do uh, to lift somebody else today? So as we watch the news unfold today and as we continue to track it here on KSL News Radio throughout the day today, it, it's just so important for us to recognize that elected officials can and should always strive to unite and build, especially in times of tragedy, especially when we have these kind of big events uh, occur in our communities and in our cities. But I'm convinced now more than ever that political rhetoric is rarely the answer to any problem. Uh, There just aren't that many times where the politics of it actually move us forward. Because if all we're worried about is who gets elected or who controls Congress or who's sitting in the governor's mansion or who's in the West Wing of the White House, uh, that's all the wrong questions. Again, it's not about her. It's not about him. It's not about them. It's about us. It's about we, we the people. And so I I reiterate what I said yesterday, and that is it is most important for citizens not to be distracted by what the politicians and the pundits and the experts say and instead focus on what we can actually do. And if we get there, we can make a difference. We can add value. We can lift, we can strengthen, we can make a difference. Uh, We can see the good, we can be the good. Uh, And all of that is uh, what we do really well here in the state of Utah. We need to do even better. And we need to make sure that the nation can see a model of how tough conversations can happen, how important decisions can be made, and how everyone can link arms and step forward and create a better tomorrow. And we're doing that. Uh, We're seeing that. It's really nice to see that uh, here we are, September. The rolling seven-day average is below 400. Uh, In fact, it's at 388 right now. So that's a good thing. Things are happening. I know we've got challenges in some high schools and some college campuses. We'll continue to monitor that. But we all just need to do what we can do. And just do that. Don't worry about the rest. What can you do today? How can you make a difference? How How you can lift? And if we do that, uh, we're going to be just fine here in the state of Utah, and we'll continue to be a place that the country can look to as, hey, there's a good model uh, of how you can actually have a society that is functioning at a high level with a great economy, with institutions of civil society, uh, where everyone can have an opportunity to rise and, and make positive things happen. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, our good friend, pollster Scott Rasmussen, we're going to break down the data and why, how you look at the data matters next on ksl news radio two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the kabul airport there's desperation and anguish more than eighty thousand afghans have since arrived in america but this story is still unfolding i'm andreas martin in my new podcast stranger becomes neighbor we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities who would help our newest neighbors Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.